Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to another episode of the Anxiety Wide Podcast. I'm your host, Corey. I want to thank you for joining me once again here. It's been a little while. been a minute. Um, almost two weeks, I think. Or has it been a week? Anyways, this episode is brought to you by DreamState Meds. Go to dreamstatemeds.com. Use the promo code ANXIETYWAD, as in one word, and you'll get a 10% discount on all their CBD products. CBD is something I use on a regular basis to help me calm down at night, but then I also use it for a little bit of pain management with my bum knee, being that I was a kicker and a punter. I got some patella tendonitis that kind of flares up every once in a while, and I use their topical to rub it on my knee when it's sore. Again, dreamstatemeds.com. Promo code ANXIETYWAD. So for day, today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about anxiety, but then we're also going to talk about the illustrious term called motivation. Now, what's been going on lately is I'm finding myself overlapping with some of these questions and uh, I'm going to start throwing just mindset stuff in there. Um, some of the stuff that I've used in other aspects of my, my life and other aspects of goal accomplishment and goal chasing, um, because I think it'll help. You know, we're all at different stages and different rep counts in our healing. And so this is like evolving. Like if you've been listening to this show, hopefully you've, you've gained some healing, healing, <clears throat> some healing over the, uh, the time that you've been listening to the show. And this is for people that are a little bit farther along when we talk about motivation. But to start out, we're going to talk a little bit about something that I'm pretty familiar with. And this is a question about what do you do when you wake up in the middle of the night and your anxiety kicks in? So let's say it's two in the morning, you wake up and boom, your anxiety says, oh yeah, you're awake. Let's talk. <laughs> so how do you go back to sleep? And you know, it's like, uh, it's like anything when you wake up and like for a storm, well, you're going to focus on the lightning or the thunder, or you're going to start thinking, well, there's a tornado coming for sure. We're going to, we got to get in the basement. We got to, you know, we do this worst case scenario type of thing. And the magic of calming yourself down when you wake up in a panic is in that inner dialogue. And a lot of the stuff that we talk about with anxiety is found and the error in our ways is found in that inner dialogue or monologue. Hopefully it's not a dialogue. If you're talking to someone in your head, you got something else you need to get checked out. But the monologue that you have in your head is the key to solving that issue. And this is something that I, to be honest, still struggle with from time to time is I'll wake up in a panic not knowing why. And the thing that works for me is it's the same thing that I use with my kids. It's like, it's okay. I'm okay. Um, what I don't do is like, okay, well it's two o'clock. I have four more hours to sleep. I'm going to be this tired. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that and try to do the hour count because that does not serve me. It does not serve me in getting back to sleep. What it does is the exact opposite is it, it, it adds fuel to the panic flame. And so any kind of um, thought process that you're having that's going to add to that panic, you want to squash. It's perfectly okay to have an argument internally. Because what I do is as soon as I start thinking about, well, it's three, I got to get up at five, it's two and a half hours, and I'm going to say reset. And that stops that thought process. And I say reset, let's try again. And I say that to myself in my head. I said reset, let's try again. And it's just, it's just my way of getting back to a baseline of, 
okay, what's going on right now? What's the reality of right now? You're awake. What do you need to do to calm down? There's no reason to panic. You just woke up. And for me, it's ingrained in my body. It's, it's used to be how my panic attacks would happen is I'd wake up in a panic and I would just stoke this fuel on this fire of panic. And I would have all these thoughts of, I'm going to wake up. I'm not going to be able to perform my job. I'm going to get fired. I'm going to lose my health insurance and blah, blah, blah. You know, and you just do this spiral, this downward spiral that does not serve you at all. It only serves in keeping you awake. It only serves in increasing that adrenaline pump that is going to keep you awake. So when you wake up at night, you're in a panic. And as soon as your mind starts going, figure out something that's going to get you back to a baseline. For me, it's just says reset, try again. And, and it's okay to be like, Nope, that's not right. Do it again. And just repping that out internally is going to help you out say, Nope, we're not going down that road. Let it go. Reset. And I, I have to do it multiple, multiple times just because that's the one spot that, you know, you're sleeping. You're not really aware of why you wake up in a panic. So there's a little bit of a lack of control until your brain starts moving. And so if I wake up in a panic, it's going to be, well, what's going on? Usually it's because my son is standing right next to me and freaks me out, but he just enjoys doing that by torturing me for whatever reason. Nah, he just, you know, my son has some anxiety issues and every once in a while when it storms, he'll pop up and I've kind of just told him, I said, Hey, just grab my feet or touch my feet and kind of like tap me, but don't stay up by my head. I'm like, I get super nervous that I'm going to like grab him or push him or you know, I probably wouldn't hit him, but like just push him, you know, cause you freak out because what's the scariest part of some of those paranormal movies is kids that are ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> and my wife will attest to the fact that I'm not really coherent when I wake up out of a deep sleep. Like most of the time, I don't even remember talking to her. If we wake up in the middle of the night and we sit, we talk back and forth, I don't really remember it. So like, that's kind of a panic state when there's someone standing right next to you. But with anxiety, there's no one there. There's still the same panic, right? So really quickly when my son's there, I'm like, oh, okay, it's him. He needs help. What do I need to do? Versus saying, oh my God, that's a ghost. I'm going to die. You know, Satan's after me. It's the same kind of thing when you wake up in a panic and you start snowballing the negative talk. Stop yourself. Say reset. Try again. Over and over and over again. That's what's worked for me. That's that's what still works for me when, I, when it happens. It doesn't happen as often anymore, but it still does. And so I stop myself before I get too far down that road. Before that flame gets too high. Before it gets too hot. And I have to go sit out on the couch and watch a movie. Another thing that I would suggest doing is putting a pen and a notepad next to your bed. Because if you get stuck on a thought and be like, well, I'm going to write it down and then I can remember it in the morning. It's, it's, it's just like a practice of getting that stuff out of your head and onto paper. And like, there's a little bit of trickery in your brain saying, okay, well, I can deal with it later because I have it written down. But there's, it's like, it gets rid of the, the merry-go-round of going round and round and round on certain thoughts. So it's out of your head. It's on a piece of paper. You can revisit in the morning. And so you can even start telling yourself that, okay, I got it on paper. I can think about it tomorrow. It's on paper. I can think about it tomorrow. No, I got it written down. I need, don't need to go there. Reset. Try again. So I hope that one helps. Um, that, that's something that I deal with on a regular basis. So, you know, the person that asked that, let me know if you have any more questions on that.
Um, next up, we're going to talk a little bit about reframing your anxiety as anticipation. This actually took me quite a while to figure out, and it was something that I did by association. Um, you know, being an athlete and being someone that has had a lot of game days, it's very similar, um, that anticipation of a game day. But what's different is during game days, I would rely on my training and I would feel confident that I was at the right point um, after practice and after, you know, years and years of practicing for this sport, my confidence was high. And so what I think for people with anxiety is the anticipation and the anxiousness and the worry, um, the fear of the unknown, uh, the worry of what might come to be is a lack of confidence on top of the actual fear and confidence that we're going to be able to cope confidence that we're not going to freak out in public confidence that we're not going to be able to breathe, that our heart's going to explode, that our blood pressure is going to be so high that we're going to have a stroke. All those things that we think about, it, it, it does have a lot to do with the lack of confidence in our ability to manage that. And so for me, um, being an athlete, and, and this is actually something that I got from Lewis Howes, is um, treating like my day-to-day -day as like my agenda that I used to have for sports. Everything was scheduled, everything was regimented. Um, I, I did it through repetition, just like punting or kicking or catching footballs or running with the ball, doing drills. And I would outline it just like that. Um, it was what I was familiar with. It was what I, what I was um, prepared to do. And it, I had a lot of experience. And so I just took out the sport and I put in personal development. And the anticipation diminishes when you know yourself better. And, and by that, I mean, I know how I'm going to react in most every situation just because I put the rep count in to be able to understand how things are going to affect me. I put the rep count in to understand what kind of emotions are going to arise when certain situations come up. I, I know how I'm going to react. And so that has helped me with my confidence in reacting to certain situations. Um, but that's also where exposures come in. Um, just kind of tiptoeing your water into dealing uh, with that with which you fear. And, and we'll talk about this in motivation. You know, motivation is such a crazy thing that you think that it is a good feeling. Well, motivation is pushing yourself to do something when you don't want to do it. And the anticipation of events, the anticipation of what might come to be, is we're trying to stop that moment that we might have to deal with those things that we fear. We're trying to control it. And so if you can find a way to relate that to an experience in your life that is a positive versus this negative thing is like, oh, like for me, I had to be like, oh man, this is kind of like when I used to have to, you know, we were going to play to get to the state tournament. This is kind of like that feeling, except it's not terrifying. It's like excitement, but almost a little nervy. Like my stomach feels the same way. My blood pressure is kind of going. I'm kind of amped up, but there's no fear. Like the fear is not there. The only thing that was new in the equation for me, when I evaluated this whole thing, that all of the physical symptoms were the same is there wasn't this weight that I had to carry with fear. Fear is so heavy. It's so ugly. It's like, like ink from an octopus. It gets squirted on you and you can't get it off you. But the reality is that the ink isn't real. It's something that we fabricate in our minds. I mean, don't get me wrong. Danger 
is very, very real. Fear is an illusion. And I'm not trying to diminish what you're feeling because the feeling is real. But the actual fear is not. Otherwise, everybody would have anxiety. Everybody would not be able to cope. Everybody would be stuck. So there's there's a difference in how people with anxiety, us, like I'm, I'm included in this, how our brains deal with fearful situations and how our, de- our brains deal with those phobias that we have, how our brain deals with those things in life that we struggle to get through. We're just, we're just put together differently, but it's by our own making. It's very rare that people are just born with anxiety. So there was a point at, in your life that you weren't anxious. So it means that it has happened in one point in your life that you developed this, this habitual um, fearful thinking, this habitual negative thinking to get you to the point where you're at, which means, and this is going to come back around, that it can be changed by your own doing. I didn't believe that for the longest time. It's like, I need X, Y, or Z to fix me. I need X, Y, or Z for me to be brave. I need X, Y, or Z to happen in my life to make me happy. When the reality was that I needed to change, I needed to fix my broken broken thinking. I needed to fix what was going on in my head. I needed to fix my life situation. I needed to get rid of some things. I needed to adopt some new lines of thinking. I needed to do different ways of dealing with life. And those came in daily regimented habits and the agenda and looking at what actually was going on. What's, what's real? What's true right now? What's my agenda for the day? Have I done that? If I don't do that, I'm going to feel different because I'm going to kind of teeter totter back to the negative side, the fearful side. If I'm not trying to build upon those things that I've been doing for the last few days and the last few months and the last few weeks to get myself to that anticipation versus anxious. It's a very good question because if we can figure out a way to relate what we're feeling right now to different, more positive sides of life, it's a big step forward in how you are going to deal with your anxiety moving forward. Because you can say, oh, this feels just like blank, fill in your blank, whatever it is. Or, oh, this is just my fear of such and such coming up. It's not actually as bad as I think. Now, this comes over time of working on yourself day in and day out, but it is possible. If you were like, if you're like me right now, where you think that this is impossible, like I've said many times on the show, I was the worst of the worst. Like I was home bound. Like I didn't want to leave my house. I was fearful of everything. Every city I went through, I knew where the hospital was just in case I had a panic attack. But if I can get through this, if I can change, if I could figure out my panic attacks, so can you. It is completely possible to rewire your reprogram your thinking over time. You know, I talk about consistent effort over time. That's all it is. Now, it's consistency, which means you do it over and over and over and over and over and over. Eventually, what happens is you look back and be like, wow, my thinking is different. And, and those of you that are listening that I've worked with, I know exactly who is going to perk up their eyebrows and be like, hey, that was me. And I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about you right now because you've said that to me. 
I'm thinking about a handful of people right now that have said that to me. Like, I just look back and think about where my life was at. And it's just, it's not hard, but it's only hard to remain consistent. So doing the work isn't hard. Consistency is the hard part because it's, it's tied to habit. And as we know, every kind of habit that we have is hard to break or hard to change, but it is, you know, we've developed the habit over time. So developing a new one over time is not hard. It's just consistent effort over time. And I promise you, you get to a point where you're like, man, I can't believe how far I've come. I can't believe how I'm dealing with these things so much differently now. I can't believe it. Like, I don't believe it myself on my own. You know, it's, it's normal life for me now, but I just, I, when I think back and I try to draw on these experiences and, and explain them to you guys, like I, I just, just, it seems like a lifetime ago. It seems like I was a completely different person because I really was. Now those values, those, those core beliefs are still there, but what is different is the habits that create my beliefs are different. Beliefs are just repetitive thoughts over time. The more we think things, the more things we believe. And so with more new thoughts, the more new beliefs we will have and the different our perspective will be in our life. So I kind of just went off there for a while. <laughs> Hopefully I answered your question about changing anxiety in, into anticipation. But, um, you know, I think that was good. That was good. I, I hope that you guys got something out of that one. And so finally, what I'm going to do here is, is kind of wrap it up talking about motivation and a very good book that I've been reading lately is can't hurt me by David Goggins. Um, and it, it brought back a lot of stuff I used to talk about. There transformation was going and how their um, it was a weight loss company and we would talk about how things were going for them and we would consistently have this thing come up about well I just can't find the motivation to do it and you know eventually over time I was like you know what this is just tugging at my heartstrings I gotta I gotta tell you guys that motivation is not a positive thing all the time and they all kind of looked at me <laughs> they're like, where are you going with this? And so I'm like, motivation to me is like when I was recovering from orthopedic surgery and even though I was sweating through my clothes with pain, I still did my PT. That's motivation. When I was having back spasms so bad, I couldn't stand up straight from getting my neck fused and the nerve pain, like doing my PT and stretches and getting through that that's motivation. Motivation is getting up and doing the things that you know you have to do to heal, you, that you know you have to do to be healthy, and doing them even when you don't want to. That's motivation. People that you see that are, we'll just talk about the gym, people that are in the gym that look like they're in shape, they have the same struggles. If you look at them and be like, man, I always wish I was that motivated, they have the same kind of days. Like I have those kind of days where I'm like, I don't want to do a dang thing. I want to sit on my butt. I want to eat halo top. I want popcorn with Parmesan cheese on it, flavored with some ranch. And I want to kick my feet up and watch about seven movies. But I know if I do that, I'm going to be 
back where I was 15 years ago. And so you need a vision of where you want to go, but the motivation piece, it's not this magical spark that is going to light up your life. It is a little bit of a spark that shines and you're like, okay, I'm going to go do this even though I don't want to. That's motivation. It's not like you jump out of bed and you're like, woohoo, here we go. I'm going to go row for an hour because I want to lose weight. I'm going to go run for an hour because I got a marathon to train for. I'm going to go exercise for 30 minutes because I have goals. I'm going to get up when it's minus five degrees in Minnesota, put on all my clothes, go to the gym just to take them off, sweat, put them back on, be sweating underneath all of those clothes, get in the shower, go to work and continue to sweat for an hour. You don't think about that. What I suggest doing for motivation is put the reason why you're doing something, stick it on your mirror and read it the whole time you're brushing your teeth, the whole time you're washing your face, the whole time you're getting ready, ready in the morning, and then put it throughout your day in spots that you can read it again. I work out and take care of myself because I know how important it is to my mental health. I know how important it is to my core values and beliefs. But I also do it because I know what I've been through can help other people. And so I put myself in these places and connect with these people to help them along because I continue to heal as I help other people. Motivation isn't this gift wrap thing that people give you. It's something that you unwrap from the inside of yourself to say, screw it, I'm doing it anyways. I want you to think about that. I can't give you motivation. I can inspire you. I can light a fire underneath you that says, hey, maybe I can do this, but it's you that is gonna do this. You are gonna unwrap the motivation. You're gonna unwrap that grit. And we're all born with it. It's just some people spend more time using that part of ourselves. You know, think of Rocky in the last part of his fights, he's down on the ground. He could easily throw in the towel, but he gets up anyways. Count yourself down three, two, one, go and do it. That's motivation. There was times when I was doing rehab on my, my body that I wanted to wave the white flag. And when I say wave the white flag, I mean on life. And it's a little emotional. Think about being a dad and a husband and that life is going so well. But like I wanted to pack it in. It was too much pain, I thought at that time. Too much pain for one person to deal with. I was already struggling mentally. And so now this physical aspect, everything that I thought was my life was taken from me. This was my mindset at the time. And I didn't want another day because I can't do opiates like other people. I just had to deal with the pain. But I did it anyways. I'm like, nope, I'm never going to think that way again. I remember exactly the day, the time, and the you know where I was laying at the time when I said, no, I'm not going to think that way ever again. And I haven't. I haven't thought about it since. But it was that bad. And there was something that, you know, call it divine intervention, the universe, whatever, you know, positive energy, positive vibes, whatever 
sparked inside me and says, I'm going to do it anyways, because you're going to get better. That voice became louder than I'm going to fold in the towel. (laughs) So if you're someone that is really, really struggling and, and you're not seeing any kind of light, please reach out. I'm here to help you guys. I made a promise to God. I made a promise to the universe. I made a promise to anything that I could speak to. That if I got better, I would help other people. And that's what I'm doing. And so I'm going to take my time, my free time, and help you guys out. You know, there are some things coming that I'm going to be able to help you out a little bit more than I am right now. But it's got to be right timing. I'm not going to force it. You know, and, and right now what I'm doing is like when the Buddhists talk about chop wood, carry water, that's what I'm doing. And eventually there's going to be a time where some of these things will come to fruition that I can release and be like, Hey guys, here's something that's really going to help. It's all in one area. Just take it, ask questions and do your best with it. No one in this world can give you motivation. It's not a gift that to be given. It is light that is within you that you uncover and shine on your day to day. Shine bright, my friends. Have yourself a peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening. Keep coming back. We're going to figure this out. I promise. See you.